0: AND WELCOME TO GETTING REAL ESTATE IN VEGAS. I AM Bridget MAGNUS, AND THIS IS THE VEGAS VIDEO NETWORK. I'D LIKE TO TAKE A MOMENT TO uh, THANK THOSE OF YOU WHO ARE WATCHING AT THE VEGAS VIDEO NETWORK, THOSE OF YOU WHO ARE WATCHING VIA ITUNES, THOSE OF YOU WHO ARE CATCHING US ON YOUTUBE, AND THOSE OF YOU WHO ARE LISTENING THIS EVENING ON KSHP AM 1400, WHERE WE RUN ON FRIDAY nights BETWEEN 6 AND 10 P.M. So go ahead, send your questions, your problems, your suggestions, your funny pictures of weird real estate tricks into at VegasVideoNetwork.com. If you've just got something you'd quickly like to say to us and you're more of a telephone kind of person, be sure to write down the number for our toll-free listener hotline. That's 866-966-4599. So, we're gonna talk about real estate with a Las Vegas twist, and we are going to get started with the Friday figures. All right, thank goodness it's Friday, right? (laughs) So then, today's uh, data is from our local MLS system. As of this morning, we had 14,129 available units. Year over year, that's down under 1%. It's a negligible change, not even worth worrying about. Um, The median price on houses was $135,000, which is down 15% from last year. The median price on condos and townhomes was $63,000, which is down 11% from last year. Now, I know this doesn't sound like a big deal, but the rate of decline is slowing down, and that is a good thing. So then, of the total available, we had 3,367 foreclosures, which unfortunately is up 16% from last year. Median price, however, 105. That is the second time that we've had an increase in that number in two weeks. I'm very happy about it. Again, I realize it seems like a small thing, but um, three weeks ago the median price was 100000 So, hey, 5% increase. I'm going to take it. Short sales, we had 6,235, which is um, up. Excuse me, it's down 2% from last year. Median price on those was $110,000. Non-distressed properties, we had 4,524 of them. That's down 6% from last year. Median price on those is a whopping $180,000. In the last 30 days, we have closed 4,133 homes, that's up 14% from last year. Median sales price was 108,000, which is down 14% from last year. Median list price was 110, which was down 13% from last year. In addition, we do have 13,616 units that are under contract waiting to close, which is down 3% from last year. Um, rentals, 4676 median price of $1,100, leased $2,551, median price $1,150. Those rents are unchanged, good news. So then, speaking of news, we've got a couple of news items for you today. Home sales in July were lower nationwide, however, I'd like to point out that Vegas is shaping up for the fourth best year on record for closings. So things are are jumping here in Vegas, even if they are not in the rest of the country. Homeowners are refinancing, in most places, on record low rates, and they are choosing fixed-rate mortgages and fewer years. Really, that's kind of smart for them because, well, let's face it, with mortgage rates at historic lows, what are the odds that rates are going to be lower five years from now? Not very good. So then, the mortgage fraud settlement. That's another big thing and there's been no t- t- no end to talk back and forth. The settlement may fall through unless states get more money out of the banks and some states want to retain the rights to have their own investigations, which conceivably would mean that they would have the rights to have their own criminal charges if they find what we all know is there. So then, Today we are going to talk about some changes on the mortgage horizon. The first one is going to happen, the second one might happen, so let's get started with the going to happen. You may remember that back in June I mentioned that um, FHA mortgage limits were going to change. At the time we did not have any idea what was going to happen to them, and this week we do. Now just as a little reminder for those of you who didn't know, those limits went way up in 2008. The idea was to help people get those FHA loans with low, low down payments, get all of this extra housing moved out of the market and have owner occupants in them. Great idea. Okay, now they're saying it's an idea whose time has come and passed. So effective October 1, we do have new rules. Um, The way I am interpreting these rules is that if if you have something going on that's higher than these limits, you need to be under contract and have your mortgage professional working on it hard by October 1. Keep this in mind. So then, the new limits, courtesy of Shelter Mortgage, the new FHA limit is going to be $287,500. That is the loan limit, not the value of the house. Just so you know, the loan itself has to be under 287.5. Now, I'm going to be real honest with you. If you're buying a $300,000 house and you can really afford a $300,000 house, you can probably afford a conventional mortgage and a bigger down payment. That's just my personal opinion. However, um, I also want to let you know that there are some changes in the conventional loan limit. That's not FHA. Those are your regular old-fashioned 5 to 20 percent down loans that people have been getting for years and years. The new limit on those is going to be $417,000. Now, I just want to let you know that these limits are not written in stone yet. They could still be changed, but at this point, six weeks away, they're not likely to be changed. These were just announced earlier this week, and I wanted to make sure that information was out there. Now, the next thing I want to talk to you about hasn't happened yet, but there's a lot of noise about it, and if you have an opinion about it, I recommend that you go contact your congress people. That's um, house.gov and senate.gov. All you got to do is know what state you live in and your zip code, and they will help put you in contact with your people so that you can say your opinion. I am talking about QRM. That that doesn't mean those little square things that you take the picture of with your phone and it poops out a coupon. I am talking about qualified residential mortgages. QRM. So then, there's a lot of noise, and we're talking about conventional mortgages now. We're not talking about those low down payment FHA mortgages. We're not talking about 3% down HomePath mortgages. We're talking about the old-fashioned mortgage like your parents had. And they are talking seriously about going back to demanding a 20% down payment to be a qualified residential mortgage. Well, why does that matter, Bridget? It matters because what your bank would like to do after they get your mortgage taken care of is they would like to go ahead and sell that to somebody else and get the money to go ahead to lend to somebody else. So they want their their mortgages to be qualified residential mortgages wherever possible so that they can turn around and do that deal. Um, now, why 20%? Why not 6% or why not 82%? Um, the idea behind 20% is that if you have the, um, the, the budgeting wherewithal to save up 20% of the, the price of your home, you've probably got enough uh, um, economic prowess, if you will, to go ahead and have the resources to pay that loan month after month for the, for the entire term of the loan. I don't know how realistic that is because, well, let's face it, bad things do happen to people. Good things happen, too. Sometimes people actually get raises and bonuses at work, just like sometimes people have sicknesses or get laid off. Um, There is a lot of controversy, needless to say. There are people who say that this is needed to prevent mortgage companies from writing risky mortgages. On the other hand, there are people who say that it's going to dry up the number of people who can buy a house. There is some truth to both of these points of view, and obviously some kind of reasonable standard has to be in place for these residential mortgages. I'll be the first one to agree there has to be reasonable standards. If you think 20% is a good idea, if you think 20% down is a bad idea, go ahead and contact those Congress critters for me, okay? (laughs) So then, I do have one more thing that I want to talk about before we hit the break, and that is, what were they thinking? Now, what were they thinking is not always something that a homeowner has done. Oh no, sometimes it's something that a realtor has done. One of my um, least favorite games as a buyer's agent is playing Where'd They Leave the Lockbox? Now, it used to be in the old days, you just put it on the front door, that's where it went, period, the end. Um, nowadays, a lot of people don't like it on the front door. Um, some people reason that you know they don't want to advertise that the house is on sale. Well, what's the sign doing then? Hello. Um, the other thing is that um, you, <laughs> some lock boxes can tend to scratch up some front doors. I solve this with a $2 piece of foam backing that says, welcome to our home, and it never scratches up the door and everybody's happy. So where is that darn lock box? Oh, it's in the tree. Yeah, that's a very clever place for a lockbox, and I certainly would not have thought to look there unless there were specific instructions in the MLS. So, let's take a break for station identification, and then we'll be back for some real advice. (laughs) Hi, I'm Chris Phillips from TalkTales, and you're watching the Vegas Video Network. And if you stop by the studio, our producer Scott's gonna buy everybody a drink. Welcome back to the Vegas Video Network. Our um, getting real today comes to you courtesy of the Internal Revenue Service. Now, don't be scared. The IRS wants to help you. And not in the I'm from the government and I'm here to help you sense. (laughs) No, um, today we've got that was Gary, too. Today we have 10 tax tips for individuals selling their home. Now, first off, I want to remind you that, in general, you are allowed to exclude the gain from income if you've owned and lived in your home for two of the last five years. That's a pretty sweet deal. Now. If you have a gain from your sale, you're allowed to exclude up to a quarter million dollars for an individual and a half million dollars for a married couple. That is a very sweet deal, and I think most of us probably don't even live in houses that are worth a half million dollars, so most of us aren't ever going to worry about capital gains from selling our houses. Well, that's not quite true. Let's go on. You're not eligible for the exclusion if you tried to use it last year on a different house or the year before on a different house. You you can only use it once every two years. I'm sorry about that. It just is what it is. Um, If you can exclude all the gain, you don't even have to put it on the tax forms. Just forget about it. Don't bother mentioning it to the IRS. I didn't really say that, did I? No, don't bother mentioning it to the IRS. They say don't bother mentioning it. If you do have a gain that can't be excluded, you actually made a half million dollars on your house, you lucky, lucky couple you, you do have to report that on Schedule D, that's the capital gains form, the same one that you would use if you had, say, a bunch of stocks that you sold at a profit. Now, this one is very, very relevant, especially here in Las Vegas, and I'm sad I have to say it. You cannot deduct a loss from the sale of your home. Say, for example, that uh, you sold your home for, um, for less than you originally bought it. You cannot turn around and say, oh, look, IRS, I had a capital loss. I wish you could because that would make so many people's lives easier next year. Now if you do need help figuring out your cost basis, yes, you know what, that big kitchen addition you did? you can include that in your expenses towards selling that house if you know you're really, really close to those limits. There is a publication called um, Publication 523, Selling Your Home, that you can go ahead and download from the IRS, that's irs.gov, if you need their help figuring out what's what. Now, again, another little exception from the exemption. If you have more than one home, you can own use this on your main home, the one you live in most of the time. You can't use it on your vacation home, you can't use it on your second home, you can't use it on your investment portfolio home. Another qualifier here, if you got the first time home buyer tax credit within 36 months of selling your home. You are going to owe part of what you got from the IRS back to them, so be very, very careful in filling out that paperwork. If you have any question whatsoever, please consult an accountant. I'm just a realtor. I'm not a tax expert. I'm just reading these tips from the IRS for you. Last tip though, don't forget to let the IRS know where you moved to. heaven forbid that uh, they should have money for you that they can't get to you because they don't know where you are. They always know where you are. They're the IRS. Okay, so that finishes out today. I would like to remind everybody to tune in next week. We are going to have a slightly different time next week, so stay tuned for details. We will get those to you as quickly as we can. Have questions, problems, suggestions, a great picture of something silly for what were they thinking? Send that in to Getting Real at Vegas Video Network. Don't forget that you can also call our toll-free listener hotline at 866-966-4599. Personal questions you can address to me at BridgetMagnus.com, where you'll also find a full version of the Friday figures. And for goodness sakes, drive safely this weekend, folks. (laughs) you <laughs>